One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f? Are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 upfront for 3 months plus taxes and fees, promo rate for new customers for a limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health, CAMH. It's never an easy call with so many problems in the world to know where to direct the money that you donate when you want to help out in this world. But what I can tell you is that when you donate to CAMH, you're saving lives. We know about the opioid crisis. We know about the mental health crisis. They are doing the work. Help change mental health care forever. Your support will help CAMH build a future where no one is left behind. Donate at CAMH.ca slash CanadaLand to help us treat addiction and build hope. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress that is trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. It's a great mattress at a very reasonable price point. Comes with a 20-year warranty and a great deal for our listeners. Douglas is giving you a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. That is douglas.ca slash CanadaLand. Is the People's Party of Canada racist? I know that for some people listening to this, that's a stupid question. Like, yeah, of course it is. And I know that it's a stupid question for other listeners for a totally different reason. For a lot of people who support the People's Party of Canada, and there are over 800,000 Canadians who just voted for the People's Party of Canada, for a lot of them, this whole idea that the party itself is racist, that's just a stupid way that people like me shut down the PPC and ignore their message. You know, don't have to deal with their ideas if we can call them a bunch of racists. I mean, it turns out that even asking that question can be dangerous. Number of reporters went to the People's Party of Canada and kind of got close to asking that question. They asked a bunch of questions about the perception of the PPC, and they asked questions about the associations and connections that the People's Party of Canada has to organized racism. And in response to those questions from reporters... The leader of the People's Party of Canada, Maxime Bernier, well, he went after those reporters. He targeted them. He went to Twitter and said that he's going to refuse to answer those questions, that the questions themselves are just evidence of media bias. He called those reporters activists who are trying to do a disgusting smear job on his party. And he asked his followers, like 160,000 Twitter followers, to go after those reporters, to, quote, play dirty with them. And to help them do that, he posted those reporters' email addresses, and that got him briefly kicked off of Twitter. And yet the question persists. Is the People's Party of Canada racist? 
Fatima Sayed, the host of Canada Land's Backbench podcast, thinks so. And she said so on an episode of The Backbench. And there happened to be a supporter of the PPC listening to that show, a guy named Derek Taylor. And he heard Fatima call the party racist, and it bothered him so much that he immediately stopped what he was doing. I was driving from Calgary to Edmonton. Uh, it's a trip to make frequently and usually nonstop, apart from gas and red deer. And I'd listened to your entire program. And then right at the end, there was the comment where you guys started talking about the PPC. And it was, you made the comment that they're racist. And so it, it bothered me. So it bothered me enough that I literally pulled over to the side of the road in a rest stop and wrote you that first email, which I think was rather long. That email led to a conversation between Derek and Fatima that was posted last week by the backbench. And I think you should check it out. I highly recommend that you listen to that conversation. It's a fascinating one. As you'll hear, Derek sounds like a perfectly reasonable guy. And he has no problem denouncing racism. So how can the PPC be racist if its members aren't? What is that characterization based on, if anything? Is there evidence is the PPC racist? Well, our reporter, Cherie Sutrin, took a very close look. Wait for it. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Betta Payano, Gino DeVito, Brendan Spearin, CJ Bennett, Kinnan McAllister, Daniel Dehan, Louis Perrin, and Paul. Hi, Canada Land. Paul Litherland here from Montreal. Been enjoying your show for the last number of years and really like your series like Thunder Bay and now White Saviors. Thank you for bringing more light to the mystery that is Canadian media. I would be very happy to hear more shows in French, especially from Emily Nicolas in French and about Quebec en anglais aussi. Thank you so much. This episode is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. Trust is important. There are a lot of mattress lies out there, a lot of mattress liars. And I, I, I didn't intend the pun, but it occurred to me that there is one as I was saying those words. Listen, I am not lying to you. Uh, I have uh, experienced the Douglas mattress. It is an exceptional mattress at a surprisingly affordable price point. It is a mattress that sleeps cool. doesn't have that weird thing in the summer where the mattress gets like an oven. It's a very good product. It's delivered to your house in a box. You don't have to go to a big mattress store. It is a medium firm mattress, which is what Canadians prefer, and it comes with a 365-night trial and a 20-year warranty. What more can I tell you? Douglas is giving our listeners a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health, CAMH. We hear a lot about the opioid crisis. We talk a lot about the mental health crisis. These are serious problems. These problems affect us all. They've affected my life and my community. They're not intractable problems. I don't know what's going to solve them on a policy level, but day-to-day -day helping people, that's what CAMH does. They do it on the ground when people need help, and they do it through research. 
The team at CAMH gave our team a tour of their facilities, and we were really just blown away by the incredible, heroic work that they're doing every day. They treat everyone with dignity, and their research is seeking and finding real solutions for everyone around the world. Help change mental health care forever. Your support will help CAMH build a future where no one is left behind. Donate at camh.ca slash CanadaLand to help CAMH treat addiction and build hope. Derek Taylor is a guy in his 50s who grew up in Saskatchewan. He served in the Canadian Armed Forces right out of high school and now works as an engineer. He's also a day one PPC supporter. He voted for them in the last two elections and was the president of one of their writing associations. And in his interview with backbench host Fatima Sayed, he explained why he doesn't think that they're racist. And there was no justification around what you said. And hence, I wrote you the email, the original email there, saying that uh, I thought it was an unfair statement. Mm -hmm. Because it it felt like you were calling me a racist. Mm -hmm. Well, I I wasn't. I was calling the party and and the platform and the ideas, uh, you know, racist. I wasn't necessarily calling you uh, personally racist. But I, I wonder if you can talk me through why you felt that was an unfair characterization of the party. Well, I think the party probably stands for a lot of different things to a lot of people. And I, in that email, I freely admit, yeah, there's racists in the party. But let's be honest, there's racists in every party. There's racists everywhere. Uh, is there more in the People's Party as a percentage? I don't know. I haven't done a poll. I liked Max. I, I supported Max in, the, uh, in, in that conservative convention that he lost the leadership on. And why did you support um, him? Because I liked his ideas. I thought that he was a true conservative um, from a, a fiscally responsible conservative and a non-social conservative. Like, like he's not a all of those taboo things that no one wants to talk about. Uh, he wasn't bringing them up and he didn't talk about them. Such as? Uh, abortion, immigration, any of those third rail political topics that the social conservatives latch on to, right? He wasn't about that, in my opinion, at the time. It was all fiscal. It was about fiscal and uh, uh, about being a bit of a charismatic leader. This is how the PPC first came on the scene. In 2018, Bernier quits the Conservative Party. He was a former cabinet minister in Harper's government and a runner-up for the party's leadership. And he said he was fed up with the way that politics was being done. I have come to realize over the past year that this party is too intellectually and morally corrupt to be reformed. He said he's going to make a new party. And despite a lot of his policies focusing on capping immigration, he maintained that it's not about discriminating against ethnic minorities, but it's about fiscal policy. Bernier said he's not racist and that his party isn't racist either. I have said many times that racist and bigots are not welcome in our party. Derek Taylor explains to Fatima that he, too, was fed up with the conservatives, and this party's values made sense. So he joined up. But when you say personal responsibility and freedom, um, that resonates with me. It's like, that's all I want, right? Like, that's what I want from my government, is respect, freedom, and, and a level of personal responsibility. I'm good to go after that, right? So that resonated with me, that, that, that initial platform statement. It wasn't very deep. There's this impression that all of these PPC people 
are all rabid right wing Trump loving ideologues, right? I mean, for sure, there's there's a few of them that are, and we saw them in the media. But there's a lot of normal, everyday people of all stripes. They're not all white. Uh, there's some immigrants and there's some some indigenous people that I'd met through this that supported the party. They just want something different. They want something better. This is something that has come up a lot in Canadian politics lately. This political disillusionment with the major parties, this desire for something better out there. But then Fatima asks him, what about those ties to the alt-right? I mean, go see Bernier somewhere, see how easy it is to get a picture with him. Mm-hmm. It's not like any of the other, you can walk, anybody can walk up to him and get a picture with him. It's, that, it's very, very simple. So the fact that he has pictures with other people, I mean, do I honestly believe that he said, oh, let me get this picture with the son of Odin? He didn't know who they were. Um, I, I strongly believe that. Does he attract them? For sure. And I, I freely admitted that earlier, that there is definitely a part of the party that I think attracts that. I don't support that. These values of freedom, small government, fiscal responsibility, I get why that would sound pretty good. It's how the party presented itself and how Bernier still describes it. So why can the PPC seem to shake its association with racism? I dug in. I'm sure Derek is right that there are racists in every party. But in the case of the PPC, racists have found the party. In order to register as a federal party with Elections Canada, the PPC needed 250 signatories. The Canadian Anti-Hate Network took a look at those names, and they found that no fewer than three of them were connected with white supremacist organizations. There was Sean Walker, former leader of a U.S. neo-Nazi group called National Alliance. There was a former Soldiers of Odin member and a member of Pegida Canada, which stands for Patriotic Europeans Against the Islamicization of the Occident. About Sean Walker. In 2007, he was convicted in the U.S. for orchestrating racially motivated attacks. Then a decade later, he helped found the PPC and became a PPC writing director in St. Catharines. After Walker's criminal conviction was exposed by the media, Bernier did kick him out of the party, and he denied knowing about the attacks. But Sean Walker, along with the other two, well, all three are founding fathers of the PPC. White Canadians love big government, but they are not so keen on being run out of the country their forefathers made. This is what the emphasis must be on. Nationalism, patriotism, because we live here. I've actually read uh, Bernier's written statement Mm -hmm. announcing his departure from the party. And I noticed that as well, that a, a, a good portion of the grievances that he lists had to do with supply management and libertarianism. And it's not, until the, yeah. not until the very end that he starts talking about diversity and multiculturalism. And that's, that's the important thing. That's, that's why anyone cares about any of this. What I was going to say about Maxine Bernier yeah. is there's an opportunity here. I don't know okay. whether he recognizes it. That's a clip from an alt-right podcast called The Ensign Hour. On that same episode, its hosts casually discuss white replacement theory, the white nationalist idea that there's a plot to get rid of Caucasians that must be resisted. And as the PPC was gaining steam in 2019, the Toronto Star reported that the Ensign Hour's hosts asked listeners to infiltrate the People's Party of Canada. 
whether or not the party wanted them to. Maybe it's like all the known racists who just keep showing up in photos with Bernier. Bernier has taken pictures with a number of neo-Nazis and white nationalists. In one picture, he's smiling next to a guy wearing the emblem of the white nationalist Northern Guard. In another, he's joined by Paul Fromm, who was one of the most prominent white supremacists in North America. I guess it's possible that he didn't recognize him. Canada is a white and Christian nation. That's from a YouTube channel called Canada First, run by Tyler Russell. He's a guy with a red megastyle cap that says Canada First. Okay, it's all over nothing. It's just like Black Lives Matter. And these Indians are terrorists, just like the black people are part of Black Lives Matter as well. Okay, so let's just call it how it is. Let's cut the bullshit and let's call it how it is. They're terrorists, and they deserve to be locked up in cages. These people are terrorists. These Indians, these uncivilized people are terrorists, okay? That's what they are, and they should be dealt with like terrorists. Lock them up. Once again, the PPC can't control who supports them. But its candidates can control whose shows they go on. And PPC candidate Chelsea Hillier was on Russell's YouTube the night before the election. That video has been taken down, but here she is on Rogers TV during her election campaign. My top number one platform policy is Canadian identity. It's very rare in this country right now to hear anyone in public office talk about how great Canada is and how great the people who live here are. We are constantly told, uh, you know, that we're not, we're not good, that our history is something that we should be ashamed of. There's a lot, a lot that is written about the People's Party, about the people who run for the People's Party, and about the people who support the People's Party. And I would argue that most of it is propaganda messaging. Uh, We're not angry. Uh, You know, I shouldn't say that we're not angry. There is definitely some anger, especially after what's happened in the last year and a half. But that's okay. Anger is fine. But I think what we are is not angry conservatives. We are patriotic Canadians who believe that our country is going down the wrong path and that we have an opportunity now to get us back on the right path. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, most people that I meet every day, my volunteers and the other people that are running in this party, they're amazing people. Chelsea Hillier's running director in the last election was a guy named Shane Marshall, the very same guy who was arrested for throwing gravel at Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. You can hear someone shout, Canada first, bitch. Shane Marshall has also been seen at anti-vax protests. And according to the Canadian Anti-Hate Network, he ran multiple white nationalist accounts online. And again, after the news broke that it was Marshall who attacked the prime minister, Bernie denounced the gravel throwing and removed Marshall from the directorship. I want to point out something that I couldn't ignore. As I got deeper into these communities on Facebook groups, YouTube streams, and Telegram, I was looking at their words, but there was no ignoring their tone. This popular PPC vlogger doesn't say anything remotely racist. He's angry about lockdowns, but boy, is he angry. 
Fauci that has caused this virus and now are in charge of the solution and the investigations into themselves. Okay? They got pure power. They got all of our politicians on side except PPC, which is why I never let that flag drop for PPC. Never let your normal flag drop, guys. Stop giving them the town square. Get into those fucking Facebook threads and jump all over those Karens who own the town square. He's also behind a YouTube channel called Matrix World that has hosted PPC candidates Beth Charon Robery and Mark Friesen. Let's talk about Mark Friesen. He was the PPC's candidate for Saskatoon Grasswood. Here he is on an election night live stream. Yep. Well, this was the last peaceful option, wasn't it? If there's anything left of our country in 18 months when we go back to the polls, then we'll do it again. And maybe it'll be shitty enough for everybody to understand that we need to change this. But if, if they don't, hey, you know what? The path they have us on, I'm ready. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. I'm fucking ready. Later in this video, Friesen is seen chatting with Bernie at the party's headquarters on election night. Friesen tells him that they will continue to move the Overton window, the concept that only a certain range of ideas are acceptable to the public, and that range can be shifted to where extreme ideas become mainstream. The Overton window moved, started here. It's here. It's moving here. It has to. It, it, it has to. It's inevitable. You can't outrun the truth forever. Yeah. No. Well, Sooner no, or later, it, it will, it you will know, catch up to you. It's, <laughs> there's, there will be consequences. In another video, Friesen, identified as Grizzly Patriot, talks openly about what it is that might come next. Our numbers are growing. And hopefully we can avoid that day where it comes to lead or war or rebellion or civil war. Mark Friesen seems to be close with Maxine Bernier. Just days before the election, he had Bernier and his wife over to his house and posted photos of the event. I'm not sure what to make of all of this. Bernier has told the press that he vetted all of his candidates. We had a very strong process to select our candidates. And we had people, you know, that the only condition we asked, asked them, do you believe in the four principles of this party? Are you ready to fight for Canadians and to put our country first? And after doing a review and a, a background check and social media check and a credit check, we, uh, we approved them. I checked Friesen's socials, too, and found him alluding to an insurrection if the electoral process didn't go to plan. At the end of that election night stream, the one with Bernie in the background, two people sign off with this weird hand gesture, a kind of diagonal salute across their chests. I asked the people at the Canadian Anti-Hate Network if they recognized it, and they told me that this motion is known as the Diagolon Salute. Diagolon is an imaginary country that white supremacists talk about a lot. Dagelon has a flag, an Instagram account, and a national anthem. A lot of the references to Dagelon feel kind of jokey, but the Dagelon anthem doesn't. In our own towns, we're foreigners now. Our names are spat and cursed. The headline smack of another attack. Not the last and not the worst. Oh, my fathers, they look down on me. I wonder what they feel to see their 
the sun's driven down beneath a coward's heel. Oh my God, we'll have our home again. My God, we'll have our home. By blood or sweat, we'll get there yet. My God, we'll have our home. The road is dark, the way is lost. My eyes, they strain to see. I struggle forth to find a friend to light the way for me. Oh, brothers, can you hear my voice or am I all alone? If there's no fire to guide my way, then I will start my own. One of the top comments under that video, upvoted by dozens of others, says, This is a song for white people, by white people, and we will have our homeland again. Maxime Bernier has always maintained that he isn't racist. In fact, he is suing the political operative Warren Kinsella for running a campaign to portray him and the party that way. And perhaps Bernier isn't racist. But then there's Derek Horn who described himself as Bernier's security guard and is a founding member of the Canadian Nationalist Party, which openly promotes white nationalism. When Maxine Bernier sat down with the Toronto Star's editorial board, Derek Horn was right there with him in the newsroom. He accompanied Bernier throughout his media tour that day. If we take Maxine Bernier at his word, he's a non-racist politician who somehow ends up around a lot of neo-Nazis, white supremacists, and guys who muse about violent revolution. When this is reported on, he kicks them out, and I guess the idea is that he didn't know about their beliefs or associations beforehand. But then Maxine Bernier says stuff like this. When tyranny becomes law, revolution becomes our duty. That sounds a lot like a similar phrase. When tyranny becomes law, rebellion becomes our duty. Which is the slogan of the Three Percenters, a far-right militia on Canada's list of terrorist groups. They're connected to the storming of the Capitol building in Washington. When the CBC asked Bernier about that, his spokesperson claimed Bernier had no idea the phrase was similar. But there are other phrases. Bernier's talking points regularly reference weapons, revolution, and war. To be clear, it's always metaphorical terms. His weapons are his words. The war is just a war of ideas. When Maxine Bernier tweets against globalism, he doesn't mention George Soros or international bankers controlling the world or other anti-Semitic tropes that are commonly associated with that term. He insists that this is just about freedom and small government, that he won't be bullied by our woke culture into shutting up about things like immigration. Here he is in 2019 on CPAC, right when the PPC formed. 49% of Canadians are saying that we, having, we are having too much immigrants. 49%. And you believe that? For sure. I said okay. we must go back to what we did under our government. The average was 250 new Canadians every year. Two years later, the official PPC platform called for reducing immigration below those Harper levels to 150,000 per year and threw in an end to multiculturalism. As a reporter, I like certainty. I think Bernier has given us all a good reason to sit him down and ask him for clarity. 
And so despite how he has responded to other journalists, we did send him questions for today's show. He never answered. But the connections Bernier has to white nationalists, no neo-Nazis, people whose idea of a Canadian identity only includes white people, there are just too many things to ignore. That might not be Bernier's fault. Maybe he didn't go looking for these supporters. But he has them, and it's fair to ask, what is he doing about them? Here's Elizabeth Simons, deputy director at the Canadian Anti-Hate Network. I asked her, are these connections somehow coincidental? What does the PPC stand for? Intentionally or not, the PPC is is the party largely favored by the Canadian far and racist right. Um, Voters for the PPC may not uh, be regular voters. They may vote conservative strategically at times, and other times they may not vote at all. Uh, They're largely anti-government, they have little to no faith in the system, and they don't trust the media. But when Maxime Bernier started the party from day one, he was using their language and their talking points. And the words that he used um, signaled to them that he and the PPC were were their guys. So whether he intentionally dog-whistled or not, he said the right thing and the messages were received. But for those that aren't racist... They do attach themselves to the PPC and are primed for that kind of radicalization. They provide cover for those who are overtly racist and seek to use the party to infiltrate Canadian politics and shift the Overton window for the right. I think that the party is more than Maxime Bernier. I think he is useful. I think he is a good face. But you have members of hate collectives and movements who are utilizing the party, not because they believe in the party, but because they see the party as a vehicle to achieve their goals. They see the party as a vehicle to achieve their political goals. And it's speaking to those people. And those people are recognizing this as their movement. And so it will come a point where Maxine Bernay is irrelevant. It doesn't really matter. And that's what we really have to see. To see if they continue to gain power, it's going to put people in danger. It's first, first of all, first and foremost, it's going to put people of color in danger. Uh, it's going to put BIPOC people in danger. It's going to put, you know, queer and trans and, you know, the LGBTQ two-spirit community in danger. It's going to put everyone in danger that doesn't subscribe to their idea of the Canadian status quo and what their idea of a Canadian is. So, after all this, is the PPC racist? I began this report open to the possibility that it might not be. If you knew white supremacists were in your ranks, wouldn't you do everything you could to get them out? If you knew that your language and your policies attracted racists and violent revolutionaries, wouldn't you want to change that? Bernier doesn't. Perhaps he can't afford to. A new political party is in the business of gaining followers and support, not turning them away. I don't think the 843,000 people who voted for the PPC are all racists. I think most of those folks probably like the idea of freedom and responsibility the party presents on its face. But looking behind the surface... The hate can't be ignored. 
It is explicit and dangerous and terrifying. And we need to call it for what it is. Yes, the PPC is racist. That is your Canada Land episode. If you liked it, here's what you do. You help us make it. Support us. Uh, go to canadaland.com slash join. Don't even think about it. Just go do it. You can email me at jesse at canadaland.com. I read everything that you send. We're on Twitter at CanadaLand. Our website is canadaland.com, where we have just published uh, last week a terrific piece of writing by Robert Jago that uh, I recommend you go read. This episode was reported by Cherie Suturin and produced by Tristan Capicione with Tiffany Lamb. Special thanks this week to Fatima Sayed. Our managing editor is Kieran Oudshorn. Theme music is by So Called. Syndication is handled by CFUV 101.9 FM in Victoria. You can visit them online at cfuv.ca. If you like what we do, please support us. Hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about Canada land and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures and it's very likely that we're going to be seeing the defunding of the CBC. Where are you going to get your information from? What can you do about this? You can support Canada land. We need you to and so for this month and this month only, you can become a Canada land supporter and get everything our supporters get. For just $2 a month, that is an almost 80% discount. The clock is ticking on this. It disappears at the end of the month, and then we will not offer it. We need your support. We need to keep news coverage alive in Canada. Go right now to canadaland.com join. And thank you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A couple of years ago, a cop was shot dead on a deserted pier in the tiny nation of Belize. The only other person there that night was a frightened young woman, found covered in blood. By all appearances, it was an open and shut case. But not in Belize, where this woman was connected to a mysterious billionaire who basically runs the place. Justice will not be served in this case. She's going to get away with it. Or will she? White Devil, a Campside Media original. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.